2: Welcome to another edition of One Hundred Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the sensational co-founder of the Wellness Couch and the Wellness Guys, the effervescent chiropractor naturopath, Dr. Damien Christoph. How are you, Damo? Very well, thanks, Marcus. How are you going? Mate, I am super. Damo, today I feel like we are being joined by royalty, royalty. hundred nine. I'm out.
3: feeling it. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the blue blood seep through the Skype lines like this I'm feeling is- it right now.
2: <laughs> this is exciting. <laughs> we are about to shoot over to California yep. to speak with the world's sexiest vegetarian over yep. fifty. And this woman, Maya Damo, she's sexy because she's healthy. She is vivaciously healthy. She's not just a little bit over 50. Mimi Kirk is 74 and is the inspiration to millions of men and women who are looking for a role model when it comes to aging well. And as you know, we say in this show, there aren't many role models for aging well. And thank God we have someone like Mimi to show people how to do it well. Mimi is the best-selling author of Live Raw. She has a new book coming out called Live Raw Around the World, which is just about to be released. It is a very warm welcome to Mimi Kirk. Mimi, thanks for joining us.
1: I'm so happy to be here with you both.
3: Mimi, it's the best news ever. You know, I, uh, for, for a long time, uh, here's, here's the thing. With Hundred Not Out, one of the things that we've found is that, the, that people uh, who seem to be living well don't do much good with their diet. You know, they're appalling with their diet, or they don't really care much about their diet. They've been exercising, and that seemed to have kept them alive. But I looked at a I looked at a photo of you on the internet um, today, actually, and I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. One, I couldn't believe that you looked. Um, 35 and you were 70 and uh, and at the time obviously that was four years ago but you look incredible and you put that down to eating in a particular way which we want to explore today because it's been topical we've had uh, we've had a, a guru David Wolf over here in Australia speaking about raw food eating and uh, and this is indeed part of what you actually do isn't it.
1: Yes, it is. I've I've actually been a vegetarian or vegan for the better part of 40 years, but I've been raw for the last six years and it's made a tremendous difference.
2: Well, Mimi, I've got to ask you, can you just kind of explain, you know, you've been this way, like you say, vegetarian, vegan for 40 years. How did it come about? I mean, can you just give a a short, uh, I suppose, history of of how this lifestyle um, became for you?
1: Well, I went into for a doctor's appointment at, when I was 69 and I was surprised to find out my blood pressure and col- cholesterol were up. And I also was having little arthritic pains and I knew I had to up my diet and what I was doing. i had also put on some weight because I was cooking for my boyfriend, the standard American diet and fell into eating that again. So for a couple of years there, I wasn't eating quite as healthy. And, you know, things happen as you get older. And But I was still surprised that I wasn't as healthy as I thought. So I left the doctor's office with a prescription in hand and uh, then I started to do a lot of research. That didn't make me very happy that I'd have to go on medication.
2: Um, So Mimi, just on that, when you actually decided not to go on medication, was it raw that kind of came up for you straight away or did you explore your options or did you just see raw as being the next natural progression for
3: you?
1: Well, I I started to research on the internet, and you know, everything on the internet's the truth, so I figured I'm going (laughs) to
3: research a lot,
1: (laughs) and uh, I read and read and and looked at so many stories where people, you know, were healing themselves from cancer and diabetes and Parkinson's and just a host of diseases and high blood pressure that you didn't think you know people could heal themselves from and it just intrigued me and it stood out over everything else I saw because I knew the vegetarian and the vegan diet was good but this one seemed like it really upped the ante a lot and I was looking for ultimate health I wanted to cure myself right away and I realized I wasn't getting any younger and that I had to really pay a lot more attention than I did earlier on so that's how I decided raw food was it in fact I started with a detox with just juicing and eating salads for about a week and after that, I felt so good. I felt a huge difference just in a week, and I decided to continue with the raw food, a raw food diet.
3: That's amazing. It's amazing to me that you could. I mean, vegetarian to me, in my mind, it seems angelic. Anyway, you know, people who do vegetarian seem to just hover. They can't. They, you know, they to, they hover above the ground and they arrive at a destination and. Nobody knows how they got there. They just got there. But then there's the vegans who also, you know, they hover at a level higher than that. And then you do raw and you seem to even hover even better. So it's amazing there's all these different levels. It's hard for me to fathom. And I'm sure it was for you too that you actually had high blood pressure um, having lived a vegetarian lifestyle and that you could still feel the benefit going from vegetarian to vegan and then from vegan to raw. Like to be able to notably physically feel those benefits and the shifts and the changes I think speaks volumes to to the... the need for people to include raw in their diet uh, and to include more vegetarian style um, meals into their lifestyle. So I find that really good. But many people actually are scared of vegetarianism and veganism because they think that uh, they might be low in protein or they might be low in B12 or they might be low in other nutrients uh, in their diet. Have you ever noticed anything like that go on with you?
1: Well, you know, it's very interesting. It's really all how you absorb the vitamins that you are consuming people who eat meat still have low b12 so it really doesn't have anything to do with uh that kind of thing eating meat or vegetables or what to get your protein there are plenty of protein in a raw food diet but i do think as you get older you have to have your blood check so you can see if you're low on your b12 and your d because those are two things that seem to be vegetarians vegans and raw people could possibly be low on And I was about the middle ground just this last year. I was about the middle ground on my B and D. And I decided to take uh, liquid supplements uh, just to be sure that I was getting those things. But as far as protein goes, I eat hemp seeds. I eat chia seeds. I get plenty of protein from my food. That's the least of my concern. My vitamin B and my D were definitely more of a concern as it should be for most people because, like I say, even if you're eating meat, you could still be low on your B, and if you're not in a place where you get enough sunshine, you can definitely be low on your D, but you have to be checked for that. But protein, no one's dying from protein deficiency. People are getting plenty of protein, so I don't think protein is the issue as much as the other two supplements.
3: It's a great point that you make, and if you look at your skin and your muscle tone, your facial tone, uh, you look at the quality of your hair, um, you could quite easily see that you 're definitely not protein deficient, so congratulations well, I think you 're doing a great job <laughs> You look beautiful um, yeah, my
1: nails grow my nails grow so fast and everything, and i 've got like perfect teeth you know so i don 't I can tell i 'm getting enough of everything and definitely not following my family 's path as far as health goes, so I feel pretty good about what i 'm doing right now.
3: Well, that's an interesting point. I was going to actually lead in and ask you, what is what is your daily diet? But now I want to find out, what do you mean by your family's health? Do, do they not have good health?
1: Both my sisters, I'm the youngest of seven. My mother outlived four of her children. Wow. Um, my mom lived to be 95, but she was definitely on a lot of uh, drugs. I have an 89-year-old sister who takes 18 pills a day, and she's definitely – fading. She's been fading since before my age. I mean, very bad health. Cancer, both my sisters have cancer. Parkinson's, diabetes, everything is in our family that you can imagine. Leukemia, you know, uh, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, heart attacks, strokes, everything you can consider. And they all have those at an early age. And I seem to have... Um, kept that at bay so you know it's interesting a lot of people say it's all genes well longevity might be genes in some way Mm. but some researchers say it's only 20 percent of how long and how well we live and and really it's not about living long it's about living well so I really think that I might have the longevity gene but maybe not so much the healthy part of it and so that I've done on my own I really feel I've manipulated that part so I don't have what my sisters have or my mom or dad or my other family members.
3: I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. We talk about this. We actually spoke with a gentleman recently, um, Dr. Bruce Lipton, on one of our other um, podcasts, who I'm sure you've heard of, Bruce Lipton. Yes. um, He speaks all about uh, the control of your genetic expression or your genetic potential from outside of the gene. So it's beyond the cell and it's outside. It's everything that you do, everything you think, everything you listen to that actually determines your uh, your wellness and your longevity. So I think you've mastered that one. Now, there's always questions on people's tongue when they when they see someone who looks as incredible and lives such a, a beautiful life as what you do. What do you do? What do you have for breakfast, lunch, and tea? Can you share that with us, Mimi?
1: I love that and tea. Yes, I do have tea. <laughs> I um... mean,
3: or dinner or tea, both. <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and tea. I um. I eat something different every day. I start every morning with a green juice or a fruit smoothie with uh, berries, antioxidant berries. That I have every morning, and that seems to last me much of the morning and into the early afternoon. And then I try to eat a big salad every day. Either I'm going to have that for dinner or I'm going to have that at lunchtime. And I snack on fruit, and I make it's really extraordinary dishes that we have either for dinner or for lunch like today I made a zucchini pasta, I have a little machine that makes zucchini turn into pasta noodles you <laughs> nice. just raw zucchini yes. and I went out and picked some basil from the garden and I made a beautiful pesto and that's what we had for lunch today oh. so um, tonight I'm due for a big salad uh, and um, if I'm hungry I will eat and if not I don't but I do make sure I get everything into my juices every day just in case I'm not hungry and don't eat later because I do think food gives you nutrients and you do need to eat I don't think fasting is the thing but the other thing that's so amazing as you get older you really should cut your caloric intake there's so many experts that say you should eat less calories as you age it's people live longer it's much healthier to be thin and so I only eat when I'm hungry and some days I'm really ravenous and I eat all day I make raw chocolates, I make raw cookies, I make raw wow. breads and crackers and wow. dips and so I could eat some days like, you know, every hour if I'm hungry. But I'm my coming body to
0: California,
3: was- that sounds good.
1: Yeah, it's really delicious food. I mean, really, that's why I wrote my book, because I wanted to put those recipes down to let people see that you can eat great. Mm -hmm. But basically, I try to keep... It's pretty simple on a daily basis of what I have, which is the juice and the salads, and then anything addition I put in there, desserts, or I'll make some fresh ice cream out of uh, almond milk. Mm -hmm. You know, everything I make is definitely organic and very, very healthy. So if I want to eat a pint of ice cream, it's made with almond milk and fresh berries, and You know, a little maple syrup or some kind of sweetener like that is what I use. Maple syrup is my favorite now. So I can eat that. If I want to have that for breakfast, I can eat it. (laughs) So I don't really think much about what I eat. I just know if I'm eating raw and I'm not overdoing any nuts or things like that, then I'm eating very healthy.
3: What, What do you mean overdo nuts?
1: Well, you know, some people make a lot of nut-based foods, and they are good for you, but nuts are nuts. You know, you have to realize fat is fat. Even though there's good fat there, you can overdo anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can eat a huge salad. I'm not saying you can overdo dark leafy greens. I've not found that to be true. But I do feel heavier if I eat too many nut-based foods. A lot of raw food restaurants make very heavy nut-based foods. Mine are very light-based. I even make a nut cheese, but it's very light. But you seem to eat less of that. When I make a cheesecake out of nuts, you eat a very small piece. You don't eat a big wedge like you people who eat standard cheesecake would have a big wedge of cheesecake. Yep. You know, when you're eating raw and you're eating nut based food, you usually have a small amount. So yep. you're very satiated with that. You don't need to have a lot of it.
2: Yeah. And I know now that, you know, I definitely have too many nuts in my diet. I love nut based smoothies, Mimi like a raw cacao.
1: Smoothie, oh yeah,
2: but it has half a cup of nuts in it, and I can polish it off quite easily, and I love it. But I know my tummy—I just feel heavy. Um, well, so I can no, definitely you
1: just you know. can't do that every day. I mean, it's okay to have that. I do the same thing. I love cacao. I love cashew nut milks, and I put that in. But I don't have it every day. I—I yeah. I don't. You know, I—I I try to make fruit smoothies with um, almond milk, which is actually not very. It's not the same. You get a lot of almond milk for a half a cup of. Nuts. So you, you can make several drinks out of that.
2: Yeah. Well, that's where but, you and I are different. I do have it every day, <laughs> but I need. I know it's not the wisest choice that I make. I need to ask you what you just said about stress and um and you and you only eat when you're hungry because most people eat when they're stressed. It's an emotional eating. It's a way to get out. So what I want to know from you is then you, as you become older, like you're so wise. I can feel the wisdom in your years. You've just got that much wisdom about you. But it's easy to say that you've reduced your caloric intake. But obviously, you still face stressful um, circumstances in your life. As you said, most of your family is is suffering ill health. What do you do to help with stress in your own life?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. I've meditated for many years. And I don't do it as often now. But it is part of me. I started at 30 years old meditating. And I really feel like I managed stress very well. I didn't always, but now I really look at things in a different way. And that might come with age because the things that you thought were important that you stressed over, I really am very aware now that they aren't anything to stress over. I would probably be upset if my children or grandchildren were sick or ill that would that would probably add something uh to my stress level but I do think that stress is worse than eating processed food yeah <laughs> and, I, agree. And I think processed food is can kill you but yeah. I think stress is even worse and so I think we all have to find a way to do that exercise is great walking is great Listening to great music, seeing funny movies and laughing, that is such a great stress reliever. I really try to watch things that are funny on television or a movie, and especially when I'm feeling kind of in low energy, which doesn't happen too often. But I do feel that um, laughing relieves stress enormously. Walking relieves it. Yoga relieves it. There's so many things. If you like to play golf, try to find a hobby anything that that you like to do will help you relieve stress and then get real about what you're stressed over yes. i mean people stress over things that when you really look at the big picture it's really not worth stressing over so once you you know once you're comfortable in your own skin and i think that's the one thing about aging that is a gift because i think that does start to happen somewhere along the line that you realize all those things that you stress over made you stronger in who you are today. And then you don't have to stress over it anymore. You're uh-huh. comfortable with all of it, of everything. And you have a trust. That's the other thing. Things happen for a reason. The things that happen that seem like the worst make you stronger. But you have to understand when something comes up that makes you feel stressed, you have to go, oh, wonder what this is going to allow me to do or learn or so forth. And that just relieves, the, that just takes off the whole the negative energy off of it. Yes. So that's the way I look at that's the way I look at stress.
2: It is a sensational answer and I really I really do hope that people hear that loud and clear. Mimi, I have to ask you um I was at a David Wolf uh lecture on the weekend and it was just sensational. I, re- I thoroughly enjoyed um listening to David speaking and, and what my wife and I were both uh really I suppose um really liberated by is he's 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 not attached at all to to living 100% raw, he's very much as he spoke about about the the law of probabilities. He said, "Look, paleo people and raw people often get narky with each other, but they agree on 80% of the same material, and that is." eat lots of veggies, eat lots of fruits, eat things that are found in nature, eat them in their natural state. So we agree on on, on so much is what David was saying. Where do you sit here? David gave an example of, a, of an ancient toad. He gave the example of a toad that can live into the hundreds of thousands of years and can live in the rocks. It was a fascinating example. But he spoke about the, this toad. Um, some of the, He said 50% of these toads are herbivores and 50% of these toads are carnivores and he kind of just left it up to the audience to kind of make up their own conclusions there. Um, as I said, he doesn't seem to be 100% attached. Do you I, um, do you yeah, think I agree. This? I know David. He's a, a
1: man. Well, this is how I feel. I really, uh, in the beginning, I ate all raw, nothing else, for a really long time. And then I had a cooked sweet potato and a cooked artichoke at times, and I allow myself that. And I've eaten some food when I travel that's not raw, but the funny thing is it doesn't digest as well. I can feel it sitting in my stomach. So I know that that cooked food takes a longer time to digest, and maybe I'm just… Sensitive from being raw for so long, but I, I even if I do eat something, or I really try to stay away. Gluten is not good for me. I have an autoimmune disease, you know, with arthritis, so I don't I don't have any arthritic pains since I've been raw. But if I eat gluten. I wake up the next morning, my hands feel like man hands. They look big and they're all swollen, and it's not good for me. Well, so there is I a big really think
3: try- that's, that's it's good that you raise that because there'll be people listening to this and they'll, they'll go, What do you mean? Well, there's a big link between autoimmune disease, yeah. including yeah. thyroid dysfunction and uh, or, you know uh, rheumatoid arthritis and gluten. So I'm glad you raised that. Anyway, sorry to cut in. Keep going. That's all
1: right it's that's one big thing I think is very important but I if I don't beat myself up if I have a bite of something my boyfriend is vegan not all raw and I sometimes I'll cook for him and I'll taste something so you know big deal I yes. use a couple of things in my cooking, like nutritional yeast and maple syrup. They're not raw, nice. so you can say I'm I'm uh, I hate the when people say what percent are you because what what does that matter <laughs> whatever it percent. Sucks. But if you want to do look if you want to look at the number, I do believe if you're eating eighty percent raw, you're pretty good. And I try to tell new people have your green drink, eat your big big salad. If you want to eat a cooked meal at dinner. Go ahead and do that. Whatever works for everybody's a little different. Everybody's body is a little different. People have to find their own way. And then everybody has to leave everybody alone with whatever they're doing because we're all trying to do our best to stay healthy. So for me, I do best eating all raw or 99% raw, but, you know, I mean, I really try to yell all raw, but I do recommend when I consult somebody or I work with other people, I tell them just do the best you can and make sure you get enough of your raw intake every day. I think 80% can keep you very healthy, but I do find that you don't digest cooked food as well. Once you're eating uh, a lot of raw food, your body just wants more raw food. You right. feel much better after you finish the meal
3: it's a great principle the proto principle the 80-20 rule so I, I, we also talk about that I think that's great now David Wolfe going back to David Wolfe he's a bit of a favourite of ours we, we love him we think he's great he, the fructose thing you know in the states everyone's talking about fructose in Australia they're talking about fructose it's going to be the killer it's really bad but there's, a, there's something we need to keep in mind I think and that's the high fructose corn syrup that is probably more the problem than just fructose itself now mm. David Wolfe says that 2 kilograms of berries is much better than a pun of berries what's your take on fructose?
1: Well, that's one thing I'd stay away from, and it's in so much food. I mean, I, tell, I see people at the market all the time when I'm going in. I go I'll only go to the middle part of the market when I'm ready to do a demo and I'm picking up processed food to tell a story. But I just see people throwing stuff in their cart, and they never even look at that. So I don't think fructose is good for us. I think it's very bad for us, and it isn't all sweeteners are. Some people, I mean, if I, if I was diagnosed with cancer, I wouldn't need any sugar at all because that's what cancer feeds on. So, again, it depends on your body. I use, I've, I've moved to maple syrup. Uh, For a sweetener, or dates—that's what I mostly use, or sometimes raisin. Those are my three sweeteners of choice. Anything else, I really don't think is very good.
2: So, do you, if just on this, because this is something that I think about a lot. If you had cancer, would you take fruit out of your diet, considering it has natural levels of fructose? And you know, there's people in Australia—I'm not going to name them—but they say grapes and pears are evil because of the fructose content. But I'm like, they're going to send people nuts. Like dates have a lot of fructose in them, but it's in its natural. Form. Right. I, I personally, I don't have a problem. I mean, I love dates. I love grapes. I love berries. Um, But so if you had cancer, would you cut fruit out of your diet?
1: Yes, I would. I would, would probably would. cut fruit out and eat mostly. Well, yes, I would cut fruit out. But then again, I know that the cancer places here in uh, my area, uh, the, the uh, Gerson Institute, which I think is fantastic, amazing. they make a lot of juices and I think they put carrots in it. And carrots are very sugary. So I do think that our body might process some of that stuff differently, but I do know people who are totally against grapes and pears and everything else. I think if I had cancer, I'd be on a, I'd be on a very strict vegetable diet with maybe apples, which are supposedly the least uh, harmful of the sweetness. But I, I, I think I would cut them out. I'd have to find out from Gerson mm. Institute exactly what they do. But I think for the normal ones of us, we're keeping cancer at bay by not eating the wrong kinds of sugars and staying away from fructose we really are i think they say everybody's got cancer genes in them and i think that by eating healthy and eating lots of uh green leafy vegetables and drinking your juices i think we can keep those those cells uh from you know Multiplying in our body, I really do. So I don't know if I had cancer, I, I'd have to really check it more, just to be honest with you. But my instincts are, I'd probably stick to vegetables and greens for quite some time till it was gone. But I do believe there's a cure. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, many people.
3: And, yeah, yeah.
2: you're going to say you do believe there's a cure, and that's probably by eating a high raw food diet and, and living a healthy lifestyle.
1: I really do think so, and of yeah. course, we all know that you know eating healthy is great but you have to exercise that's a very important thing and you have to think right you can't think uh, if you think you're old and you're getting old and you see your aging as a negative thing then it will happen and I think you'll 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 ensure your own prognosis if you think positive about aging I think that will happen also there is a strong mind-body connection and scientists are now saying that's true a strong mind-body connection so we have to pay attention to that what we think is going to affect our body. If we think negatively, we affect our body. If we think positively, we affect our body. So I think it's very important to add to our diet of good food and good exercise is good thinking.
2: Mimi, this has been, uh, no doubt, without doubt, the favorite half an hour of my day so far. We thank you so much for joining us on 100 Not Out. You have been an absolute uh, joy to interview. Thank you so much, Mimi.
1: So much fun. Thank you, guys. You can
2: check out more about Mimi Kirk at uh, youngonrawfood.com. That's Mimi's website. You can look her up on Facebook. She's got a massive Facebook following. Just remember, make sure you get into Mimi's book, Live Raw, and the new one coming out, Live Raw Around the World. We'll have links to that on our Facebook page as well. Demo, it's been another sensational edition of 100 Not Out. Remember, folks, we'd always love to hear your feedback. You can provide it in any number of ways, but the best way is to go to our website at www.thewellnesscouch.com slash 100 Not Out and leave your comments there. If you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and also check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available. Including the number one show, the Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life.
0: This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, Dr. Lawrence Tam here from The Wellness Guy Show. If you listened to our podcast towards the end of last year on goal setting, you know a big focus for us in 2013 is getting to know our listeners more. So far, we've done a wellness summit on the Gold Coast. We have one coming up in Melbourne in August and our first ever retreat coming up in September in Fiji. But still, that is not enough for you guys. You guys are wanting more. So we have invited the sensational Karen Smith from Up For A Chat down to Melbourne on Friday, June the 14th for a special one day only intensive seminar called the wellness breakthrough this intensity of this seminar is going to be electric the three of us brett damien myself and karen smith helping you break through to the next level on your mind your body and your soul tickets are 97 but up until june the 1st we're holding a special for just 50 dollars, and you can even bring a friend for free if you want to book your seats for this just go to the and click on events see you there